0: Welcome to the podcast of the Lotus Seaters, episode eight hundred and twelve for today, Friday, the twenty second December, twenty twenty three. I am your host, Connor, joined by Bo and by Callum. That work. Callum, less I, sick, yeah, getting there. Though I, I have to commend you for even coming in. So, well done.
1: Cough over here again.
0: Yeah, there's, there's just a big green pile in the corner that's slowly gaining sentience. Anyway, point being, today we're discussing CGP grey must pay i have zero context for that so callum will be able to fill us in on that how this was always the plan and then we're just going to sit around and chat a bit of bollocks about what's going to happen next year because we don't really have much of an idea and it's fun to speculate i suppose a couple of announcements as of today this is the last (laughs) live podcast for a few days because we're going to be running limited operations getting things prepared for a few exciting new things that you'll be seeing in the new year so we're going to have a lot of pre-recorded stuff drip fed out over the course of Christmas period to keep you company, but we won't be able to play any video comments. So any video comments you do send in, we will review them and possibly play them in the new year, depends on how many stack up. But don't be discouraged. We're not ignoring you. Also today, three o'clock, this is the last gold tier Zoom call of the year. So if you're not a gold tier subscriber, you can still sign up and get there before three o'clock. It'll be myself and Callum, who will still be alive and we'll be able to take your questions and probably just sit around, have a drink and chat a load of rubbish. So
1: please do feel free to join us in about two hours but without further ado let's jump into today's stories cgp gray has sinned and needs to pay and for people who haven't enjoyed good youtube cgp gray is a, a legendary youtuber i think is correct like his uh, channel i think is 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 well liked by pretty much everyone who used to interact with it and still does like what does he do? makes videos and uh he, well, i guess because it's on youtube cgp gray six million subs and he makes little animated videos the style's nice the explanation is masterous. He's a, a really good storyteller and a fantastic YouTuber. Couldn't bring enough praise. This isn't full drama episode. But the man's got to pay for his crimes because the man has done some serious crimes, in my view, which is that he's, he's joined the flag people, the you know, vexologists. People, what, the LGBT community? Or? No, no, people who just love flags and talk about flags and have got rules for flags. And Followed play. with flags. Yeah, and I used to think, oh, that's pretty neat, and I liked it, and I, I'm, I'm willing to accept when I'm wrong about someone, and this is it which is that, no, as gay. <laughs> Care about flags this much is wrong. And it makes people do silly things. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, here we have um, probably a really good video in which he rates all of the US state flags. And one of the rules here being that, I mean, look at them, they're, they're kind of crap compared to European nation flags or African nation flags or Asian nation flags. I mean, nation flags in general are pretty solid. But then you get to like states, but it's not just the United States. I mean, states in most of the world have pretty crap flags, but yeah, okay. The American ones are a bit weird. They're very uniquely American. What we're we gonna do? Shove the date on it, and also the name, and maybe a crescent. Kind of strange. They're like family crests. Kind of, but, but not really. Because, like, for example, there's uh, the the decent state flags that are family crests, like Merland, Which, god damn it, there we are. We get right. Oh, I'm gonna ruin the timestamp,
0: but that looks like a Call of Duty. There we are. Uh, well, not that one. I mean, that one's just.
1: That's my Maryland state flag. It's like heraldic almost. Visual yeah, poison. But the other one looked like that's some plastic. sort of
0: prestige emblem.
1: But that's the thing: American state flags are all a bit strange. And then he did like this tier list of all of them, where he showed them off. And Maryland is 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 good, in my opinion. It's it's one of those weird ones that's so bad it's good, because it's an old crest from like two guys from Belgium and the Netherlands. I forget. It's a really stupid story, but when you read it, it's wholesome. And then there's everything else, which is just ah blue with the, the name on it. I thought, okay, you know, I kind of agree. That's, that's pretty dumb. And then, you know, ragging on Minnesota, because Minnesota have decided to come out and change their flag. And I don't know how much influence CGP Grey has had in this world, but he is a massively viewed guy. And uh, I'm just going to pin it all on him, because why not? So these are the three new designs for Minnesota there. We have the star, the wavy one, and then the tricolor one, which I hate. The
0: wavy one looks like an Aquaman costume from the 80s that got ditched because it was too hard to draw.
1: So I don't know why they've come up with that. They're all bad. I don't think any of them are good. And the thing is, that this is it, this is the thing that annoys me because like vexologists have their own rules about flags. And I was arguing with Michael earlier because it's like, well, they're the rules of vexology to make your flag look good, easy to draw, so even a child could do it. You know, Some symmetry would be nice. Maybe you don't have words on it because what are you doing? And like On paper, that's all brilliant and I always agreed with it and then I, I see this coming out of Minnesota and I think no But before we move something on has gone wrong
0: John can you get up Captain Marvel's costume for a minute because the bloody blue and green Cree one that she wears in that awful first film that that is the first flag design it's it's kind of uncanny and right. that was an eyesore as well all right wait where's that where's the green one go to images I don't
2: That's know anything the about detail. this
1: Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Look, that's the Minnesota flag. It's even got the emblem on the chest. What the hell? I mean, maybe, maybe someone who likes Marvel is, is just obsessed and end up being the nextologist for one of them. But look at all the designs real quick because it wasn't just that one. There's a whole bunch that they brought out. And Cody from Alternative History Hub did launch a launch posting about this. I don't really know why. Maybe he lives in Minnesota. I don't know. But I, I watched this come up with my timeline. I just thought, I'm, this pisses me off. I want to talk about it. Because look at them.
3: What, what are you? What's your main objective? They're soulless or, or, or what?
1: Well, the thing about those American state flags, as CBG Gray correctly pointed out, they're kind of silly, right? Especially the ones that, that are just some words and, and look wrong, almost. These ones. Uh, but at the same time, there's something uniquely American about them. The, at this point, I'm actually like, no, return to tradition. Like the Americans have some crap state flags, but that's kind of their, their thing. Okay. Whereas these, like toothpaste-flavored flags, I just, I just don't want anything to do with... And I think uh, awful. And, I, 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 and now it's history. Because, of course, this went to a vote. And the, the, the state didn't vote on it, because why would they? It was the council that voted on it. So just some guys were like, hey, let's just change the state flag to one of these pieces of crap. And they actually did it as well. Because then they went on to vote. Uh, the men like the tricolor. The women like wavy flags. Okay. Some sex differences. I would
3: you think that might be something that they'd put to the people. Like a, a referendum, a plebiscite, a referendum for all people from there.
1: But I guess not, obviously not. Well, they'd probably choose wrong. They'd probably be like, I I, I don't know. But I am I would probably put money on it that if you did do it to a vote, most Americans in Wisconsin would just pick their crappy American state flag they've already got hmm. with the words on it, right. which would upset people, at least the people who love this. Because uh, apparently they had a vote, the tricolor one, and then this dude just turns up and is like, but well, which tricolor? And they're all, they're all crap. I, just, I don't know why vexology people think that this is acceptable. You need to pay for what you've done. Because this is what ended up happening. This that, is now that's the flag. The new, okay. This is going to be the flag of a state. And it just looks like toothpaste. Like, sincerely, if, if Colgate decided to come out and declare a nation state, that's the kind of thing I expect to see. And then just all around them, they've got like, you know, normal historical American flag on like this. I just, I hate it on every front. And the thing is, Cody's not like some guy who who is obsessed with Yankee flags because like, dude did a whole video about city flags, which I don't know if you've ever looked into. It's, it's madness. Like, for example, that's a city. That's a city in America. That's their flag. That's a beer label. <laughs> it's, it's as corporate as you could get. It even has the word copyright on the flag and a little trademark symbol on the bloody flag. I mean, it is, is awful on every front. Breaks every rule of vexology. But, which one would you rather have? I'll be honest. Because part of me looks at this and is like, this is so materialistic. And yeah, That's much, much
3: worse, even. Yeah.
1: yeah. On, every, on every point of like, if you wanted to make a little checklist of reasons why you wouldn't do this. It is absolutely correct. That everything about this is awful. But part of me now loves it. Looking at what Americans will come up with. Or at least modern Americans, the vexology crowd. In response,
3: I'd rather that than the last time we just saw the the really the trademark. Yeah, because I kind of like the stupidness of the trademark. Really? Well, I didn't know he was going to be talking in this much depth about flags. But one thing I can add is that you know it's born out of originally medieval heraldry and things, or that on a battlefield you'd have a standard or some colours so you at a glance could see hopefully who's who and where who's where they are. Yeah, and rally to a, a standard so. That's what a lot of these things come from originally. So nowadays, it doesn't matter really, does it, if a state or an individual city has a flag or not. It doesn't really, there's no practical purpose for it. It's all symbolic. It's more of a pride thing now. But I see that that is soulless and the other one was absurd, absurdly commercial. One of the
0: purposes of it is it's, it's a way to engender high trust. So obviously the reason that we have the whites variety so that we can see what we're oriented towards. And so, if we're all focusing on one thing together, it shows that we're not all staring around wondering who's going to stab us in the back. It's the same principle of why church pews can be ordered in one direction. You can have rows and rows of people staring at each other's backs, but you're never actually worried about being attacked. I mean, well, this day and age, if you're in the middle of London, I suppose. But point being, if you're all staring up at the same thing, you're all oriented in the same direction. And so if you're all oriented towards ugliness or apathy, it does communicate a level of disbelief in your civilization.
1: I don't think it's that deep. I mean, like the, the one... Thanks, there. Callum. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, no, like the guy's coming up I'm just trying to with, your segment. The guy's coming up with this weren't thinking about beauty or
0: ugliness. Well, yeah. Literally like four boomers. So that's what I'm saying. When you have flags like this, it does show a fundamental unseriousness towards the civilizational project you're engaged
1: in? I don't know. There's something about Americans that is unique in this aspect that I used to think was wrong. Because you, you, you look at the vexology rules and you're like, damn, what have you done? But recently, after seeing that, I just I, there's some part of me thinks that that stupid boomerism of, let's just have the word copyright on the flag, I kind of like, there's just, just no Fs given because it's the city flag, so who really cares as long as it's been there for long enough? which for Americans could be 50 years, who gives a toss. Just out of interest. Do you know where that is, where that city is in America? It's uh, Porticello, which I don't know which state that's in. But, okay. but the point being, like, there's, there's loads more in here as well. Just, it seems like, like the very concept of flags has been
3: perverted out of all recognition by this point, by, by yeah. the time you get to that that thing.
1: Like, they're not even bothering. They're just like, you know, uh, whatever, just some stuff. I, I don't care. But... I don't know. There's something I like about that that I just visually makes me sick looking at this, which I don't really know how to put into words. So I'd like people's feedback on. I mean, maybe this will start a war, maybe it won't. But either way. And this isn't new either, of course. I mean, you may remember the New Zealand redesign, that competition that was actually put to people. Vaguely. So, of course, the flag of New Zealand is disgusting because, you know, colonialism or something. So we've got to redesign it. So there was this big redesign project where they asked people to submit. And as you can see, I mean, the Guardian here taking the, piss, picking the funniest ones. These were real designs that were sent in for the government to consider, to put to a vote to everyone to decide if they wanted the laser Kiwi flag as the new flag. And then they ended up putting it down to these. And again, there's something so vexology about this. Did they, did they change it? Did New Zealand
3: change their flag?
1: No. Okay. Cause they looked at that and just went, That's crap. Like there's no real meaning behind it at that point. Because you're right, like of course flag started as a battle standard or something useful. But these days it's literally just about pride. And in which case Or identity. Yeah. That means. Yeah. Like you get it out of that symbol. And instead it just just like, no, something about this is grim. A CGP craze is wrong. I'm I'm just saying it. And you can see it in the examples <laughs> people give. So I mean this is the response from some people having fun. The Minnesota flag just also happens to look like cigarette packets. Just saying. Mental-flavored state. And it goes on, which you've got now. Oh, man, but at least it stands out. It's like, eh. I don't know. Like, all of these scream Americanisms, which, if you are American, seems good to me. But instead, they got Mr. Toothpaste over here. And it goes on. I mean, this was kind of funny. They decided to um, redesign the seal to stay as well. They actually did a good job, but then a lot of people saw this and were just like, why not just make that the flag? That looks way better. But It's not the only thing. There was a lot of um, conspiracy theories as well that came out of all this. Minnesota's right up in the north, right? Near Canada. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? It's really cold up there, right? So like, some of the ideas for the colors is it represents like the land and snow and the sky and stuff like that. I mean, here's someone making cookies out of that thing, which... Okay. I have my opinions, is all I'm saying. But then, of course, there were a lot of conspiracy theories. Because who knows? Oh, sorry. Ah, someone did actually pick it out. It is uh, a <laughs> superhero character's output that. A lot of people started deciding whether or not it was a Somali thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that tweet, actually. Yeah. So this is N Wokeness being like, bros, it's, uh, it's from Somalia because here's the old flag. Here's the new flag. And then, did you know that there's a huge amount of Somalis living in Minnesota? And then, here's one province of Somalia, which just happens to have also the same tricolor. I'm here to tell you that's bollocks, obviously. Mm. Weirdly enough, the vexology community is not very Somali. For some reason, Somalis aren't interested in flag designs. Isn't Somalia,
3: couldn't you say, it's sort of the classic example of a failed state? That's what some people call it. You know, there's a handful of countries that sort of fall into the, can fall into the category of a failed state. I think Somalia is one of them. It's not really a proper nation state in, the, in a couple of different ways. So it's flag. It's not. It's not like our flag or France's flag. Or Literally means the stars nothing. and stripes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Like Puntland. That's only one
1: little bit of Somalia, isn't it? One. Point. I don't know. I don't even know. Right. I mean, Somalia's not even really a state, is it? I mean, it's still not fixed. I mean, you've got Somaliland, which declared independence, and then the rest of it's just run by either the Islamists or tribesmen. So whatever. But anyway, a lot of theories came out of this. Some other guy. Well, the same guy was just like, "What about this other state, Jubaland, which happens to have the same?" Uh, series of tricolor there. Um, funnily enough, no, it's it's not the Smarlies. It's it's the kind of people you'd expect. The people who are obsessed with masks and vaccines and are voting Biden. And it's just like okay. Okay. Well they're the people that were
3: pushing for the new flag.
1: Yeah, so this is the guy who designed the flag. Okay. I just I don't know why, but a load of right wing accounts got this obsession that maybe it was the Smarlies who were infiltrating America through the vexology community. It's just
3: and it just wasn't that.
1: No. Not even slightly. I mean, I kind of, it's almost cute where it's like, you know, the Somalis of all the different unique cultural aspects they have. One of them's loving flag designs. <laughs> like, I don't, have yeah. you ever had a conversation yeah. with someone like that? I don't believe that. No. But anyway, getting back, I just, I hate this. I think this is terrible. I think it's fight me. And um, my opinion on that is now that I, I kind of hate the vexology. I think CGP Gray's rules about flags are wrong. And demonstrated by whatever the hell this is. I don't know. I just, I just feel toothpaste brand here. Which, again, I mean, if you like toothpaste, go for it. But I don't. That puts me in the mind. Is it the Seahawks? The Seattle Seahawks? Their,
3: their color scheme and, and pattern and things similar to that. It put me in mind of the Seahawks. But anyway, I don't N- know Neither of Seahawks you are really into American football. I,
0: I know of the I, team. team. I know that they won the Super Bowl how many years ago now, but... I wouldn't be able to recall their, their jersey off the top of my head.
3: I lost a lot of money on the Seahawks one time. What did you do? I bet on them to win the Super Bowl the year after they won the Super Bowl because they were still brilliant. And they got to the Super Bowl and lost in the last few seconds.
1: How much did you lose? Uh,
3: it's embarrassing. Okay. It's embarrassing. Well, it was a spread bet and it was the last bet. So I didn't actually, I hadn't actually put down a fantastic amount, a few hundred quid. But I, was st- I stood to win uh, about 1,500 quid or something. And I lost it in like the last, what was it? The last, if anyone out there remembers, it's like the last five seconds or something. The last play of the game.
1: It's still haunting you. Yeah. I can see oh, all yeah. your face Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway. <laughs> but here's the last thing, which is just a bunch of people like, oh, no, but it's great, because I can redesign it for all kinds of purposes, such as, uh, I don't know what this is. I assume this is different um, teams or something, in some kind of sport. I don't really care. But again, I mean, I think this just more demonstrates how crap this is. Completely irreplaceable. Like, did you used to play Modern Warfare? And people would redesign their... um, Cool sign, wasn't it? Was it Cool Sign? Is that what it was called? The little lower third banner that would go alongside your name. And then in Black Ops, they made it so you could add like little triangles and squares and then people just started making like racist messages out of it. (laughs) There were were a lot of dicks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all this reminds me of again, where it's just like, I don't... I, I weirdly find this way harder to take seriously than just, I've written the word of my state on the flag. That's good enough. But anyway... Um, fight me, CGP Grey. You are wrong, and and your crimes will now be well in flag for the next I don't know hundred odd years until Minnesota collapses from uh, nothing in particular.
3: Well, was he arguing that it's good and he likes it?
1: Then, yeah. Well, in his video specifically about it, he uh, was talking about well, you know, he rated them and he rated this one the best, which again just kind of makes me think of Austria or something. With all the little colors messed up, a like tricolor. Didn't even know they were going for. It. They went for the toothpaste design, but just it i just this whole argument of like flag should have rules and trust me i can rank them and then we can figure out what the best flag is it is not good enough because this is how you end up with this it's how you end up with toothpaste country
3: i do agree with you that that the old like the field of azure with some sort of date on it that was obviously of its time like mid 19th century second half of the 19th century americana thing that was what was done at the time it might be a bit weird compared to sort of european flags but
1: you're not Europeans. Uh, yeah. So, and it's, why would you try to be?
3: It's fine. You should, there's, no reason, there's no reason to change it. Um, but that is sort of what progressivism is about, isn't it? It's changing things for the sake
1: of it, almost. Hmm. It's that you despise things that are traditional for their own sake. There's also this aspect to that side of American culture, the progressive side, which think that they must endlessly compare themselves to Europeans or their flags, in this case, because we're talking about vexology, I just don't get it. Like, weird inferiority complex for something you don't need to feel inferior about. Yeah. yeah I mean, a New Year's resolution, I need to stop uh, being so anti-American, I think, when I think about some of their faults. Because a lot of it is, is just, you find it a lot. It's like, oh, it's different. It's like, yeah. They're the global superpower. They can literally do whatever they want. They can have a, a city flag that looks like this. <laughs> Guess what? There's some kind of charm to it, no matter how horrific. <laughs> anyway, let's leave that there.
0: All right, wonderful. Oh, it's ghost of the mouse. All right, <coughs> wonderful. I'm just going to scroll down. There we go. Right, so there has been a running joke that infinite immigrants is always a solution to everything. And I wish it were a joke, but it's actually Conservative Party policy at the moment. I mean, Comedy Drucker, one of the best accounts on Twitter, makes these delightfully eye-poisonous infographics. Uh, this one just titled, and this was quite a few years ago now, Should We Build Massive Tent Cities in Parks? in our cities to house infinity immigrants. And they just a typical YouTube normie thumbnail of big red arrows just saying where they should go. Wish that was just a piss take, but it turns out that's been the plan for quite some time, as we'll go back and see. Now, there are demographic and economic reasons that the government feels pressured to keep increasing immigration. I mean, just for a little roundup, I did an article on this a little while ago We've had more immigration in the last 25 years than between the Norman Conquest and the Second World War. Part of the reason for that is that the Treasury Green Book says we need at least 200,000 people every single year to keep the economic growth afloat. That's GDP. Not GDP per capita. It's why we're all getting poorer, but the graph seems to continually go up forever. And we've got sub-replacement birth rate. It's slipping below 1.5 now. So in order to pay the pensions and make sure that all the boomers are looked after in their old age homes, they think that they need all of those African care workers. One in three have told the WHO that they abused their patients. And obviously some woman died falling off a stair lift and the person that was looking after didn't know the difference between bleed and breathe, but neither here nor there. That's apparently the, the government's plan. But It also turns out that there is a perverse incentive to import a clientele class over who seem to vote for one or the other party in perpetuity. And the Conservative Party are very aware of this, particularly Rishi Sunak, and he's been aware of this for quite some time. Now, the reason I'm talking about this isn't just because we all are frustrated by the endless amounts of migration, but it's because recently we had the whole kerfuffle with the Rwanda scam. Now, I call it a scam because we sent them... 140 million and have pledged to send millions more and not a single person has been sent over there yet. And it turns out that we've got to pay for their bed and board for five years and Rwanda can send a bunch of their criminals here. And it's basically a refugee refugee exchange program because Rwanda can send one over for everyone we send to them. But don't worry, it's a deterrent, I'm sure. There was a vote on it about last week or so. And the MPs in the Commons voted 313 votes to 269, so a majority of 44, to pass the Safety of Rwanda bill, basically saying that despite the ECHR complaining, I know, they haven't listened it's to just, it just a
1: name for a British bill, the Safety of Rwanda, yeah, of course.
0: I mean, they might need to reaffirm that given the radio in the 90s, but,
1: oh well. But we're there. Like, I, I just, I find it hilarious whenever we're just like, we're responsible for foreign country now. Yep. I mean, literally pick one out of a board. Belgian colony. Yeah, that's, a, that's our problem now.
0: There you go. But anyway, point being, um, the bill passed despite 29 Tory rebels who, if they would have not abstained and rather voted against, the bill would have been shot down because obviously every single opposition member voted against the bill because it was going to at least pretend to promise to do something about the mass importing of fighting age men over the channel every single day. But oh well, uh, one funny little tidbit in here. So the climate minister, why we have one of those, God knows. Graham Stewart, he did a 7,000 mile round trip from COP28 in Dubai to then vote, to then go back because the government were browning their trousers so much at having not enough votes to pass the legislation that they had to do that particular climate emissions faux par. So a rebel source among the 29 voters said, the bill has been allowed to live another day, but without amendments, it will be killed next month. It's now up to the government to decide what it wants to do. According to the Telegraph, and this is in the mail, those who abstained in the vote did not gain permission from party managers, prompting concerns there would be enough Tory rebels in future debates to kill future legislation. This is why on the morning of the vote, Sunak had a very hurried bacon sandwich and coffee, breakfast in number 10, trying to corral all the rebels together and convince them to not shoot down his legislation. Because he knows that if he would have lost this, there probably would have been an immediate leadership challenge or a general election. They're just playing for time at this point. So why the discontent? Well, Labour's claiming the UK is now set to hand the African nation 400 million after Home Secretary James Cleverley conserved another, confirmed another 50 million is due in 2024. James cleverly mounted a robust defence in the House, this is the mail's editorialising, saying the government is determined to stop the boats and that's what voting for this legislation means. The Home Office confirmed 240 million has been paid to Rwanda so far, brilliant, another payment of 50 million anticipated by 2025. No asylum seekers been sent to Rwanda, And the National Audit Office will publish a report next year on the costs of the scheme and estimated spending in future. So we're just going to get more numbers on how all of our money is being spaffed away on something that isn't working. Almost like it's designed not to work. Isn't that interesting? Um, Also, if it does get passed, it'll obviously be enacted with some opposition. You don't look too happy about this.
3: Yeah, well, a couple of things. One, you mentioned it's it's really an exchange program. Yep. So for every person, if ever we fly over there, they send us a, one of their refugees or criminals or something. So it won't actually,
1: which is not what it was sold as.
3: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to look in the fine print. If looking the fine print for that, so it's an exchange program. Secondly, as far as I can tell, we don't just send them to Rwanda and that's it. It's rather they're sent to Rwanda to be processed. Their asylum claim to be processed. Now, I believe that Miranda are likely to decline nearly all of them. That's the point. Okay, all right. But if we just had a home office that worked properly, or was a c- completely being cucked inside out, I mean, there'd be no need for any of this whatsoever. Well, we do uh, have one.
1: It's a uh, Rwandan home office. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We pay for a second home office now, and second home office actually does the home office job.
3: Yeah. So if, if I was in charge of something, I would just scrap the entire Rwanda thing. And make a new department here. Why get Rwanda involved? What on earth? What a completely bizarre,
1: because they're brown. absurd thing. So they're allowed to deny applications. So either make they have the white guilt,
3: either make the Home Office do its job properly, or if that's just impossible, they're just not fit for purpose. Um, make a new department, and uh, you know, staff it with true believers or people that don't hate this country or whatever you want to say. Them to do, you don't don't need Rwanda involved in this process at any point, it's completely ridiculous.
0: It's not that I don't disagree, it's also what are you going to do with people that you suddenly put out of a job at the home office that are then motivated to work against you at all levels of government and civil society? Like, unless you don't really
1: care, like they're unemployed now, yeah. Yeah, So,
0: I, I mean, I would personally just propose legislation to turn all of the boats away and deport everyone and if you don't comply with that in your workplace then you will face prosecution not just job loss because mm. you actually need to threaten these people with prison if they act against the law. I mean shock far right opinion I suppose you know. The treason or sedition. I well yeah it, yes. but it turns out they've already declared their intent to be seditious mm. because the Home Office issued a report on the Rwanda policy and get this right they published on the same day that it went through its summary of its official legal position on the Rwanda plan. It was a five page summary and it. And this is according to the Mail attempted to knock down the case for tougher measures advocated by MPs, including Sowella Braverman. The document warns that blocking the ability of migrants to bring legal action would be a breach of international law and alien to the UK's constitutional tradition of liberty and justice. Right, so the post-war international order that's set up to define refugees as, per that place and time, anyone who was fleeing post-war Germany is now applied to every North African And so we have to abide by that definition, which is totally obsolete. Otherwise, we're evil. That's genuinely their opinion. So they won't enforce the law even if the Rwanda bill gets passed. Even if the strongest bill gets passed and there are no legal penalties for not going against it, the Home Office will just continue to rubber stamp yes on over 3,000 visas a day. But Carl said this at a university event we did a little while ago. It's not that the Home Office are unwilling to rubber stamp every single visa. At this point, we just think that the ability to stamp visas is probably limited by the size of the physical building of the home office. Like If they could fit more desks in there to stamp yes on more visas every single day, they would. They just can't get enough people in the office to stamp yes. They just want to flood the country with unlimited people. Great. So normally, the One Nation Tories, who are the front-bencher types, the very Tory-wet types, the ones that say they'll do something about immigration and don't, you know, Michael Gove, David Cameron, a hundred of them actually backed the Rwanda plan. Chairman Damien Green said, the most important thing at this stage is to support the bill despite our real concerns. Their real concerns were that it wasn't upholding our international obligations. You know, the ECHR and the UN Refugee Convention of 1952 that defines a refugee as anyone unable or unwilling to return to their country of origin. Just don't want to, mate. Too lucrative over here. Can't be asked. You know, keep me in the country. So, of the 29 people that abstained, there were a few different constituencies, I mentioned this yesterday, but this is the new conservatives like Miriam Cates, Tom Hunt, Jonathan Gullis, Danny Kruger, mix of people that are actually trying to do some things, but have little to no power, particularly since Cates has had a gag order placed on her. Uh, Mark Francois and the European Research Group, the Northern Research Group, led by Jake Berry, uh, Sweller Braverman and, and Liz Truss and that sort of lot. Um, the wets like Tobias Elwood who's just become obsessed with assisted dying as well, because it turns out that there isn't a war on where we can go send a bunch of British boys to die. So we need to get our death quota up, apparently. Uh, and also Robert Jenrick. And the reason I mentioned Robert Jenrick is because he was the former immigration minister. And right before this happened, he came out and did an interview with the BBC, with Laura Kinsberg, and he said, a political choice has been made to bring forward a bill which doesn't do the job. So former immigration minister, who resigned over the fact that nothing was getting done about immigration in the Home Office, has turned around and said, yeah, the government knows the Rwanda bill won't do anything. They're just pushing it forward as a dead cat distraction strategy because they actually just want migration to go on infinitely because my GDP, because my international commitments. So they're just lying to us. Great. That's fantastic. I did do a bit of digging and wondered, okay, sure, it might just be economic reasons. It might be that they want to do what the Tony Blair speechwriter said and rub the rights, nose and diversity and render our arguments out of date. But could there be another perverse incentive to bring over certain ethnic and cultural constituencies that might favour the Conservative Party? And I had a bit to think, and I thought, well, we had 250,000 Indians last year. Now, as far as I know, they're not at, all at war. Why would Rishi Sunak be motivated to bring over 250,000 Indians? Mm. Maybe it's something to do with this policy exchange report he wrote in 2014, a portrait of modern Britain, where he observed that Indians reliably vote 10 percentage points higher than any other ethnic minority for the Conservative Party. Isn't that fascinating? Now, again, I'll read through some of the data, and you're welcome to accuse me of being a conspiracy theorist if you like. Um, there's a chart on page 7 of the PDF, right? I'm just going to scroll down quick. Here we go. So these are the five largest ethnic minority groups. This was at the time Indian was the largest, 1,412,000, nearly 413,000. That's only gone up since, particularly in record migration in the last year. So the what well, one thing I find interesting as well, maybe it might just be the, the bias of the authors here, both of whom are from Indian heritage, but Indian, Pakistani, and Bangladesh are separated out as different ethnicities in the Asian diaspora, and then Black African and Black Caribbean. That's just immediately demarking those ethnicities as maybe having slightly different interests, whereas the Black Africans and Black Caribbeans don't almost like it's a target immigration strategy to try and raise the populations among those, but but no, 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 okay. Um, interesting emissions in the report. Over the past decade, the UK's white population has remained roughly the same size, while the ethnic minority population has almost doubled. BME groups accounted for almost 80% of the UK's population growth. Just three cities, London, Greater Birmingham, and Greater Manchester account for over 50% of the entire UK's BME population. Of course, that's been growing in the last few years because it's nearly 10 years old now. So accelerated on Sunak's watch. Um, interesting data on the sources of stresses in the job and housing market here, 10 years ago as well. Almost all minority groups have unemployment rates that are almost double the national average, 6.6%. Black Africans at the highest unemployment rate at 14.8%. Indians, the lowest at 8.1%. Oh, those industrious Indians. Bring them over quickly. 40% of black residents live in social housing. It's 48% now in London. Whereas 65% of Indians and Pakistanis live in owned accommodation. Now, there's a difference between they live in owned accommodation and they also own accommodation. I think that might help to explain why, especially in Swindon, all the landlords seem to be Indian, as you well know, Callum. Uh, what's the quality of that housing like? Uh, it's a brothel. The, the building is a brothel.
1: Well, so well at least they're, they're,
0: in, they're in employment, I suppose. I mean, it's industrious, right? According to Rishi Sunak.
1: Yeah. Uh, um,
0: how are you enjoying the excrement? I love the
1: idea that like, my immigration policy is we need more sex workers. I'm going to illegally import sex workers from now on. I mean, I know the G meme comparison to the feminist immigration policy was a thing, but I mean, sincerely, that's yeah. actually your position now. Slave sex workers that,
3: that serve the immigrant population. Yeah. I mean, that was I basically mean, the thing in Leicester, wasn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: There were loads of slave labor.
1: It used to be a joke that they were like, we need slaves, but then they just want slaves.
3: My GDP, yeah. remember. It's funny when you do point out that, you know, the vast majority of, it's a targeted type of, immigration because it's you know it's uh people from the subcontinent or africa or the caribbean you know we're not flooded by Kazakhs. no <laughs> you know we're not flooded by like maoris right it's not we haven't got a uh, too many peruvians in britain right it's yeah it's it's curious
0: how it's almost always large sections of former colonial demographics that happen to share the same culture and ethnicity of the politician who's currently in
3: power. It's kind of curious, that, isn't it? The thing about also to say about GDP is interesting. I, I saw, I can't remember who it was, but someone on Twitter tweeted, you know, I would rather our economy and our whole standard of living be lower than just be flooded with foreign people whose values are antithetical to ours. I'd rather be sort of a second world country. I'd rather Britain be as rich as sort of Portugal or something if it meant we could keep our heritage and identity and all that sort of Well, thing. look at the
1: Japanese. I, Imagine putting that to a reference.
3: I completely agree with yeah. that. I'd rather be a bit poorer. Right, yeah. I
0: just did an interview with, with Philip Morland, um, uh, uh, Sorry, Paul Morland and Philip Pilkington. And they compared Israel, Japan and the UK on their productivity, birth rates and immigration policies. And Israel is the only one that has ethnically and religiously selective low immigration, high birth rates, and high productivity, and a decent GDP per capita. So I would like that very much, please. But even if I couldn't pick that, I'd pick Japan, who, yes, have really high debt-to-GDP ratio, and that's going to be a problem at some point. But for every single American vassal state, it's going to be a problem because the Americans can't pay back their debt. Yes, they've got low birth rates, but their GDP per capita is much higher than us because they're a very productive, culturally and ethnically homogenous and industrious country. And so I'd rather be in Japan than here right now, because they seem to be just running it better because they understand that to keep a country, you can't just flood it with foreigners who are only here because they're
3: on the take. Well, it's just simply true that homogeneity is a strength, not diversity. Well, diversity is their strength if they want to divide and conquer us. Right, Uh, well, well, yeah. Yeah, the hour in there is
0: doing a lot of heavy lifting. Mm. And (laughs) the reason it's our strength for the political elite is because of this chart on 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 the uh, paper. It's quite interesting. All of the ethnic minorities vote overwhelmingly Labour, but Indian is ten percentage points higher for Conservatives than most other groups. Indians are four times more likely to vote Conservatives than Black Africans, twenty four percent to six percent. So put it this way: if they're seeing since the Windrush generation, you know, the second settlement of the UK, it's basically our Mayflower, right? That we had a massive con- uh, Caribbean and African diaspora come over in that time. If the elite are wedded to this high level of immigration we're just negotiating which ethnicities make up the composition and there might be some kind of electoral interest of the conservative Party to say well why don't we make that overwhelmingly indian because oh they're very industrious they buy up all the housing stock they they're entrepreneurial and they just happen to vote for our party which is now spearheaded by the guy that observed that they vote for the party and who is also indian now again could all be a conspiracy theory. It's not like we have any video evidence for it. Oh, dear. Right. So this was uh, when the report came out. um, Al Jazeera, of all places, did an honest report on it. And I think it's just worth uh, a
1: quick listen. And if you look beneath the slightly alarmist headlines here, you can see what they're trying to do. Indians, it decides, are hardworking and much more likely to vote Tory or Conservative. Africans, however, it concludes, are much more likely to vote for the Labour Party but are also much more likely to be unemployed. The report author says the intention wasn't to raise an alarm about mass migration but to help politicians better understand a changing electorate. We
0: examined socioeconomic status, life experiences, attitudes and aspirations and what we found is on almost any metric you look at there are striking differences between communities and it would be good for politicians and policy makers to appreciate those. And if you- appreciate those in what way Rishi? Yeah, right. Almost yeah. found the entire immigration policy based around importing that specific population. C- curious that, isn't it? It's almost like it came straight out of your mouth about 10 years ago. And this is why as soon as the Rwanda bill has been passed, as soon as they've pledged to stop the boats, as soon as they've pledged to bring that net migration number down, oh, they've reversed the plans to raise the minimum salary threshold for bringing family members over and doing chain migration. Isn't that interesting? So they've rolled back plans on increasing the threshold that Britons need to bring foreign family members to live in the UK from £38,700 down to £29,000. Now, If you look at pre-pandemic inflation levels, which Rishi Sunak caused by his money printing for the Eat Out to Help Out and furlough scheme, as Callum reported on a couple of weeks ago, actually 38 grand was roughly the equivalent to about 29-ish grand anyway, before the pandemic, before Rishi wrecked the economy and conducted mass immigration and mass inflation. So even the 38 grand is not a particularly high skilled salary compared to the average salary of about 26 or 27 now. So it's barely above your average salary, highly, not exactly high skilled labor that was being imported. And so James Cleverly still insisting that this is going to reduce the number of net migrants every year down by 300,000. Brilliant. So we still have a net 900,000 coming into the country using scant public services bringing crime with them to make us the number one place in Europe for committing crimes from people by foreign nations and just destroying the cultural cohesiveness of communities.
3: Isn't that fun? Yeah, I don't know how anyone could still be a a paying member of the Tory party at this point. If you try and infiltrate it then that's about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) This is why I hate Westminster politics so much, because it really is Groundhog Day just whenever anything happens, you might as well just be like, nothing will happen and you will be right every time. Mm. I decided to just look up an inflation calculator for what is 29 grand now. Yep. So before the pandemic, it was 23 grand. So someone, so before the pandemic, if you think about a job to pay 23 grand, that's now the minimum threshold <coughs> to get a visa here to then bring your family. That's barely a graduate salary. But trust me, that's high-skilled work visas. <laughs> What's that per hour? Yes. What's
0: I 29 grand an hour for because the minimum wage they're raising to
3: about 11 pounds because of inflation. So, let me just check real quick. I do, I do feel like what the Tory party have done since they've been in power this last stint. Of course the Blair and Brown years as well. Um they by rights deserve to be punished, to be wiped out electorally. They don't it's one of the most egregious crimes. It's it's one of the worst crimes it's ever Imperpetrated upon this island. I've said that before. Um, it's the, the stagger, it's staggering. staggering what, what they've done and what they're still doing. Staggering to me. It's sort of, you can't quite believe your eyes. Again, where I'm sort of old enough and my memories kicked in in the '80s and remember the '90s clearly. Remember sort of the pre-9/11 years. It's unbelievable. It's hard to describe. I said it about 9/11. It's hard to describe to people who don't really remember what the world was like before 9/11. How how different it was! It's the same with immigration, mass immigration. It just wasn't like this. It just was not like this. They've it's, it's mainly happened well since Blair got in in ninety seven, but since the Tories really, where the very nature of the the world around you, every high street in the country, um, the, you know, the very demographics completely changed that nobody wanted. In fact, have actively been saying we didn't want since the sixties.
0: Um. Well, my high street's been destroyed since lockdown. A bunch of business is
3: gone. Now
0: we've got actual money laundering fronts. I mean, there is a Turkish barbers on my high street that I've seen a drug deal happen late at night out of. There is a brand new neon lit Pakistani vape shop right next to the, the bus stop where all the school kids get off. It's, nobody's going to be shopping in there to justify the rent and the operations costs. So clearly you're turning over cash inside there that is somewhat illicit. There's another one right up the road. There's now a mosque just just up the road, down the hill from the high street. There's a Polish shop as well. It, it feels like multicultural vomit on my doorstep. And I didn't move, mm. but we were one of the last safe haven refuges on the borders of Kent. It was nice, it was peaceful. There was no transient
3: population because there was no bloody tube. And now it's even come for there. Both the big parties and of course the Lib Dems and the Greens that are more insane, if anything. Um, they can't be allowed to just continue forever. I don't think it can be. Um, this idea that you would try and change them from within, I mean, that would take a generation or whatever, if ever possible. I, they don't deserve to be re, sort of reformed in that way. I don't, it needs to be swept away in some sense. I, I don't know. Yeah, but the party is comprised
0: of people. I mean, if you, I if, you, that- if you rooted out the people from the party, it's not the fault of... The institution itself does not make people mad. It's the fact that the people that are in the institution that are sabotaging it that are mad. If you cleared out the people from in- said institution, it's like you said about the, the creation of the new home office department. Okay. You, the only reason it would work is if you staffed it with true believers. It's not just the creation of a new department which com- makes people comply with it, right?
1: You have to empty the bloody thing, like yeah. 90 to 95%. I mean, what did Elon get rid of? 80% of Twitter staff. Mm. I mean, the, the actual level of decimation you have to go through with these institutions just to make them not insane yep. is really hard to comprehend.
3: Yeah, and when it's not—it's not something like Twitter. It's something like a political party. It's not as easy. Even you can't have that situation that Elon did. You it's can't just really, turn up and get rid of re- Yeah, it's not really possible. Um, I think that maybe in the future, hopefully, there'll be newer parties. Some will be sort of uh, nationalist, or um, you know, at least patriotic in some way. And some will be sort of Islamist party. The can be other ends. Some will be sort of ultra-green or something, or just overtly socialist or something. Uh, because at some point, surely at some point, the stranglehold of the two big parties, or the three traditional parties, it can't last anymore. And I wonder at what point the, the, the huge Muslim vote that, that Labour get, they'll just form their own party. Um, at what point will the sort of middle-class globalists uh, abandon the tories and form their own something of their own
1: it is, it's theirs
3: well yeah they don't need to right yeah
0: i mean the spell of neoliberalism is waning particularly with my generation i mean there was an onward paper recently where they were tearing their hair out over how zoomers have been polarized into two very anti-democratic camps because the boomers overwhelmingly believe in end of history democracy theory i think it's about 55 percent wanted governance by experts, 18 to 25, which means that they're the sort of technocratic green party level, the climate's going to destroy us all types. And then another sort of composite group of roughly the same size said they've wanted a strong man who can ignore the whims of parliament because they're not doing anything or military dictatorship. It was actually an option on the ballot. And they said, yeah, we prefer that at this point. And obviously when they're thinking that they're not thinking the woke RAF, they're thinking,
3: mm.
0: you know, mm. the, the kind of horse guards that we saw at the queen's funeral riding down and stopping at Albania Day from draping a flag around Winston Churchill's statue you know so the, po- the polarization is coming right. it's just yeah. it will take an electoral wipeout of this magnitude the problem is as you've alluded to the option that we're going to get inevitably um, same policies different colour on the car right mm-hmm. Labour Party are indistinguishable so yeah not looking good going into 2024 boys I wish I had a bit more hope, but at least you can understand the reasons that we've been sold out by Rishi Sunak and vote accordingly, I suppose.
1: All right. I'm being told by the team, by the way, if you hit the desk, it goes through the mic. Oh, right. The audio, Apologies. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> but anyway, Bo.
3: Right, yeah. Has someone got a mouse? Can you just scroll down to my bit? Yep, that's yeah, that's
0: fine, of course. Um,
3: I just thought with, you know, sort of a classic end of the year thing, to just have a bit of a discussion about you know what what 2024 might hold uh, for us and uh any predictions we might have um it's that classic thing if you get one right it's a, it's then a great clip it's quite a it's quite a uh a big window to be terribly wrong well i was gonna what, say is your track record you for it?
1: bets that we've learned <laughs> of, i don't know i
3: was very close i was within seconds
1: Try, what's was winning a spread year. bet of about 12 minutes. Anyway. What's happening next year? Both elections. We got, we've, well, we, no, we got the Donald Trump election. Is the UK having an election? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's got to be called before January 2025. So, But does it happen in 2024? Yes. Okay.
3: Almost certainly, yeah. So, I thought it was more like November. I thought
1: it was that was the latest. I,
0: anyway. The date I'd prospectively heard was
1: actually the 31st of October. Oh, okay.
3: All right, all right. Yes. Yeah. So we it's, may end up getting
1: a it? shift it's, in both it. Anglosphere. Uh, nations here. that Yeah, yeah. That are I think
3: those. it's ninety nine percent sure we will have a general election next year. Sort of thing. So that's the reason
0: yeah. they're delaying um, the arc conference until twenty twenty five. They're not going to have one next year in November because they're waiting to see what the political landscape is, depending who wins in the UK and the
3: US. Right. Um, so I thought maybe first we could just have a look, a think about Trump. Or, well, well, sorry, the twenty twenty four presidential election. Um, Biden's locked in. Right. He's definitely. No, not he's technically. Not, is he not? He's not
0: technically locked in. I mean, he said he's running, That's it's right. assumed he's going to be the candidate. But also, nobody really believes he's running the show. And everyone seems to think that the Democrats are at least lining up surrogate candidates. There's a reason... Because, Gavin Newsom. Yeah, that's the reason that Newsom and DeSantis did a debate recently. DeSantis is actively running for the Republican nomination. He won't get it, obviously. But DeSantis, uh, Newsom hasn't thrown his hat in the ring for... I mean, it's not like he's going to displace Kamala Harris officially because they'll upset all the black women that overwhelmingly vote for them. So the idea is that I don't know Joe Biden might slip on a banana peel and he might just have to step in.
1: I mean, short of him dying, I don't think they are going to pull him out. Yeah, retirement for health reasons.
3: I mean, it's possible, but yeah, usually the incumbent president. I don't know if there's any whether that's ever happened. Whether an incumbent president has uh, lost the nomination to get re-elected. Does that ever happen? I don't. It's think. not even
0: lost the nomination. It would be that. You don't run again.
3: Right. I mean, yeah, it's that's possible. happened. But like, yeah, they could decide he's just there's actual health issues. Okay. But short of that, I mean, just look at uh, it. And Trump has got it, it. The polls show that he's got it locked down. Assuming legal challenges don't actually prevent him, he will win that nomination, right? For the Republicans. Yes. Right?
1: 317 electoral college votes if you believe the polls in each state and then add it up in the actual election. If yeah. You right.
0: But in terms of the primary, he's going to be the Republican candidate unless sure, sure. they somehow take him out.
1: But where we're sitting right now, I mean, unless he, he tomorrow comes out and be like, you know what? Mein Kampf, not a bad book. Like, he's going to win. And
3: in which case... That's so going to be a clip.
1: <laughs> you know, he did, he did say something similar the other day. Did you see it?
3: Uh, no, I don't he know. He just I says was...
1: the migrants, they're coming in, they're, they're perverting the blood of our country. And some people say, you know, Hitler said something like that, which is uh, very differently, very differently. Did he actually say and that? And he just said, and I'd never read Mein Kampf. <laughs> Why did you bring it up? Yeah. Why did you have to bring that up? I haven't seen that. Oh, but... uh, It's a real clip. It's him talking about the invasion of the southern border. And he's just like bringing up the fact that he's never read Mein Kampf. But I believe him. Right,
0: so, yeah. John, it's... if you can find that on Twitter, that would be uh I've amazing. seen
3: a couple of clips of Trump recently or in the last week or two. Where he's saying fairly strong words, you know, saying he's going to dismantle various portions of their deep state or their intelligence services.
0: And well, you know about Schedule F, I assume. What limits? Or what was that? The day that... one plan that he's drawn up to fire 50,000 oh, yeah, yeah, federal yeah. agents.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was one of the things. That... I didn't know it was called Plan F. Is that what Schedule you said it was? F. Schedule F. Okay, I didn't yeah. know it was called that.
0: But There was an Axios article (coughs) detailing all of it where of course they were crying about how could you destroy our democracy in this way by firing a bunch of useless mind
1: swamp (laughs) (laughs) you gotta type in mind camp otherwise Um, so it's uh, M E. oh this is gonna be so clipped out of context Mm. well he said it so but unless he actually comes out and endorses the book
2: they come from Africa they come from Asia they come from South America but not just South America they're all over the world They dump them on the border and they pour into our country and nobody's there to check them. And the border patrol's incredible, by the way. They want to do it, but they're told not to do their job. It's crazy what's going on. They're ruining our country. And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. You know, they're coming from all over the world, people all over the world. We have no idea. They could be healthy. They could be very unhealthy. They could bring in disease that's going to catch on in our country, but they do bring in crime. But they have them coming from all over the world, and they're destroying the blood of our country. They're destroying the fabric of our country. He said it, he said it again. Yeah.
1: He said it again. That yeah.
2: was, that was he's obviously unwise.
1: Right. No, I think this is classic Trump where he'll say some stuff that's on the line in the sense that you can see the Democrats being like, he said blood! And obviously any normal person reading the, the news would actually come out of that eventually, just being like, nah, Trump's our guy. Yeah, Because you remember back to the first election where he won, he would say some random stuff that was clearly just bait. So I don't know if he's baiting. I think he's baiting.
3: As most normal people, I think, um, wouldn't necessarily know how incendiary just the mere mention of the word blood is. You know, yeah. It's like the, the blood and soil thing well, your average people, voter doesn't give Right. It. Yeah. Most people wouldn't even realise the 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 perhaps incendiary connotations.
0: Basically. Yeah. Exactly. Most people wouldn't realise that, which is why you shouldn't immediately reference Mein Kampf and Adolf Hitler in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. That was you're weird. then making the comparison. That was it's like dumb.
1: By the way, I've never read Mein Kampf. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's all right. <laughs> that's like someone farting, and then the first person going, "Wasn't me." Yeah. And everyone turns around and looks at you.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So,
0: but the irony is still going to win the nomination.
1: <laughs> After right. all that. But that's my point. Like, unless he buggers that up, like he, in a free and fair election, has won. It, it, it must be over unless something major happens. So in which case, the real question is, so are they going to rig it? Because they literally, I, I think we can actually say this, because in Colorado, they tried to get him kicked off the ballot. And that is rigging the election, not having the ability to vote for the opposition candidate. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think?
3: I saw Tucker Carlson say... Re- recently, maybe it was an older, <clears throat> slightly older clip, but I saw it recently. But someone said, Are they re- "You're quite fearless as a as a reporter. Doesn't seem to be many things you're not prepared to talk about, like even 9/11 or the JFK murder or something." Is there anything you're sort of afraid to talk about? And he said, "Yeah, the the uh, 2020 election."
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. I well, just...
0: he's he's technically got a gag order on him. <clears throat> it the Fox lawsuit hasn't he? Oh, has he? Yeah, well, that's that. the, the the Dominion case has probably put some. Certain... Oh, All right,
3: Domin- the Dominion. Yeah. Thing. He, he was talking I think in general terms. Just in general terms, he doesn't want to But then it's like a, a, a hot subject for him.
0: Sure, but if yeah, the yeah. if the if the lawsuit itself was that what Fox broadcasted caused reputational damage to Dominion and Tucker was implicated in that, he doesn't want to talk about the topic in case they just go after him with yeah, lawfare yeah. again. No, fair enough, yeah. It's it's not that he doesn't have the balls to do so. I mean he said some pretty controversial stuff. Yeah. And 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 fair play too. But I I think the interesting thing that will happen is that I don't think they can pull off the same scale of weighing the votes in their favor as they did with COVID because not everywhere is doing mail-in ballots this time around. Some, I think some of the swing states are because it's technically in the Pennsylvania constitution now and I don't think they're going to get away with challenges with that. But there are Republican states which are aware to this. You've got folks like Scott Pressler and that that are going to do registrations and do ballot harvesting where legal for the Republicans and i think most of the effery is going to be in the deep blue democrat states where trump's not going to be able to swing them anyway it's not like you're going to get a second reagan election where he wins 49 out of 50.
3: and where it's always sort of always been the case certain places in illinois or whatever
0: yeah the ones you got to look out for are the slowly turning purple ones like texas right yeah and arizona because arizona always seems to have problems you know there's maricopa Mm. county machines that just magically
3: Mm. switch off midway through the day Mm. oh i guess you can't vote guys. That's Yeah. I'd like to see the, the whole Dominion case. is it still not finished then. It's still ongoing. Uh,
0: that's, that's settled. I mean, the thing, the thing with the Dominion one is the Trump team hired such non-credible lawyers that made outlandish claims that it just made the whole thing look stupid. I mean, it, if, you, if you want to say the Democrats fudged the numbers in not doing signature verification for the ballots in the... Some people were on the voter registry after they died, so we don't know if they voted or not, or if someone voted in their name or not. If you want to say, obviously, mail-in ballots are going to be liable to fraud because Jimmy Carter's foundation found out about this years ago. Elizabeth Warren and... Who was the other one from Minnesota? The woman that ran in 2020. The no, 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 no. Um, uh, um, Amy Klobuchar. They did a documentary on Amazon Prime saying that mail-in... Voting and proprietary code digital counting machines are liable to fraud. I mean, we had, we had narratives for years that George Bush stole the 2004 election, that Donald Trump stole the 2016 election, and suddenly 2020 is the most safe and secure squeaky thing election ever.
1: Mm. Uh, really? Okay. Right. That's what makes us suspicious forever. Yeah. It's like, if everyone was whining about how rigged this was, but no one in power cares because they think that's ridiculous, like, you know, it's probably ridiculous. There's no real threat but even mentioning that something went wrong or suggesting something went wrong gets you in jail or removed from your job or whatever else, you know, getting kicked off YouTube, etc. I mean, of course people are going to be suspicious. But I mean, last time around, what was it? It was 40-something percent of all votes in the election were mail-in, which was unheard of. Like, the highest it had been before was 20. So a massive jump. So I'd love to see what it comes out this time.
0: Well, unless you implement martial law and stop people from going to the polls for some confected emergency, you're not going to get the same... Share. And also the Electoral College is more on Trump's side this time because of the population bleed that's happened from California into red states. I think it's deducted a seat from California, redistributed it to one of the Republican strongholds. So,
3: All right. Well, we'll see. I do, I do think that sort of obviously the 2024 presidential election will be, there'll be fire all sorts of fireworks, kind of, you know, whatever happens. Literally leading to up to be it, there'll be,
0: there'll be riots. And um, after. But no one's going to accept it. Even if it is the most safe and secure yeah. thing in the world. <clears throat> the, the, the time for both sides accepting the results of an election in America was over long ago. I think 2012 was
3: probably the last one. But from a British point of view, or from anyone that's not in the US, the whole world will be watching it. and um, you know, it's, it's like a show, isn't it? You just sit back. You obviously have no input into it whatsoever. It, the whole rest of the world just has to sit back and watch it play out, whatever's going to happen. We're going to have to do a,
0: um, a drinking live stream of it.
3: I have stayed up for uh, presidential elections and UK general elections for like since I was about 18. So I always do it. I don't think I've missed one. I always, always do it. So yeah, maybe we could get Carl to one of the producer boys to set everything up and we could do a late we'll just night, to, all night. Yeah,
0: we'll just have to rotate the, rotate the cast out.
3: Yeah. yeah, we could maybe do that. I'd, I'd be up for that anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so moving on there, maybe talk about our possible general election briefly. Looks like the, all the polls suggest Labour's going to win that, unfortunately, The they?
0: Tory party know Labour's going to win it. I mean, having spoken to them, they know. The, the, the tone at each successive conference is fascinating. So the one in 2021 was the first one after lockdown. It was jubilant. Uh, Boris was very arrogant and it left me feeling quite bitter because I was like, you just locked us in our home for nearly two years and now you're celebrating these wins, really. Then the trust one was the party trying to say, we've got back on our feet, we're going to win the next election, and none of the membership believed it. And then this year it was the membership and the MPs know they're going to lose. So it really was yeah. like, like pissing up and fiddling as Rome burns.
3: It was the one, was it the one that um, Theresa May called where Corbyn got a fair few seats? 2017? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Labour increased the vote share.
3: And then the, the one after that, that's when Boris gets in, right? That's when Corbyn, everything collapsed for Corbyn. Utterly
0: obliterated. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. So I I think we'll just have to see what the sort of turnout is, whether people's anger translates into Labour votes or just staying home or any sort of uh, protest vote, hopefully.
0: I think it's going to be stay home. But before we It's... So Goodwin's, Goodwin's numbers on this look about six out of ten people that voted Boris, particularly the first-time Conservative voters are not voting at all because they feel the Conservative Party betrayed them and Labour are the same. The problem is that's not necessarily translating into any votes. Um, mm. If you look at, and this is pertinent to reform, there was a Bexley by-election about two years ago in a Tory safe seat because James Brokenshire died and the Tories put up a, mm. put up a candidate. I met him. Um, he was nice enough. He was, he was an anti-Brexiteer, though, so he was wet. He
3: used to be my MP in Hull Church, was he? All right. Anyway, sorry, go on. No, no, that's
0: right. Uh, Richard Tice ran in Bexley. That's where his local constituency is. And his vote share increased. I think he got about 5 or 6% of the total overall vote. Labour's vote share increased, but their overall votes didn't really increase. It was just a proportion of the vote. Because a Tory share in a Tory safe seat just collapsed because barely anyone showed up. Yeah. So apathy is going to claim more Tory seats than vengeance. Yeah.
3: No, uh, you're probably right. i you know, if I had to put money on that. I probably was. Um, it depends so.
1: on Nigel Farage. Like, literally, okay. the man can still command so much swinging of the polls in okay, his own yeah, actions. Yeah. So, I mean, if he wants to go out and actually do a fantastic job, potential's there for him. I don't know what he'd end up doing with that. Like, how many seats you end up with exactly. Because, of course, being an England-only party, you're only really going there. And you've got to become the biggest mm. in that constituency. Mm. And to be honest, I mean, I don't know why he doesn't just do himself. Like, go back to that constituency that he's running nine times above the... self it. Yeah, just take it. it. Just finally take it. But like he believes that it was stolen from him last time, and a lot of people believe that. Okay, just go back, take it, take the victory. Because there's no way that people there are going to be like, you know what? One of the old parties. Mm. Like everyone in this country with any kind of sympathies for UKIP or Brexit or anything else, they all seem to believe in there's some kind of redemption arc for Nigel Farage. Like he deserves something for what he's done. Mm. And if we're not going to get him in the House of Lords, I mean, at least become an MP for four years.
0: Problem is, though, I think he's going to go and one of the old parties, specifically.
1: Right? Like- but he'd be a fool to do so. Really? Because what a, what a waste of a story. Like, master Brexit, the Brexit man, who could finally destroy politics as it was and reforge it into something new and interesting, just becomes part of the apparatus.
3: I mean, he's honorary president of reform. It would be quite a U-turn to just suddenly run for the Tories, but who knows? I think you he,
0: let's, let's be fair. It's not impossible that he's foreseeing after the next election, the total desolation of the Conservative Party, which will happen, that if they're bereft of candidates to select and their current candidate selection process didn't generate an election win, that he could say, let's just fold all of the successful reform candidates into the Tories. I wouldn't be shocked if he did that. But the reason, he's obviously not going to say that now because, I mean, ahead of an election, nobody wants all the reform donors to go, well, what's The point of reform, then, because reform clearly has principles. They've got a full manifesto pledge. They're the only one saying net zero migration. Good on them. I think they need to say a lot more
3: and be a lot more full throated. But yeah, I mean, I don't mean to be too rude, but I feel like that's just Tory wishful thinking that that's the way Farage would go, or that's what he's thinking. That's not what he said at the last conference. It's just like there seems to be a gaping hole for reform to fill, and that's it. Simple as that. It's not. He did also
0: say, I would be surprised if I wasn't Tory leader by twenty twenty six.
3: When did he say that?
0: It was about four weeks ago. I didn't see that. You can get it up, John, if he's, if he's there.
1: For did say, it was on Guido Fox. So he, he did it in an interview, actually. Either way, like, my interest in this isn't so much of the person. It's, it's the story and the effects of it. Because I saw, I think it was Richard Tice said that the, the Tories should stand down and let Reform take the seats. And obviously, the immediate response was a bit of laughter because it's like, well, you're One man... Yeah, that was. But there's some truth in that in the sense of like, now you guys have been messing up everything and you probably will continue to mess everything up. So if you actually wanted a story which was glorious and actually led to this country being better off, it would be one where the underdogs basically overtake the state mm. and therefore enforce what well they will actually do instead of the people who have promised it for 14 years and done nothing. Mm. Like them having any kind of victory would just be so demoralizing. Mm. But the idea yeah. of Nigel Farage joining yeah. them or folding anything into them. I kind of feel like most of the people who would stand for reform would turn around and be like, this is cringe, I'm leaving. It would be an arch betrayal. So that's why I don't think if anyone's recommending that he does that, they don't seem to realize the level of betrayal that would be.
3: Yeah, I'd like to see what his actual words were because he expressly said the opposite of that. I don't know if that's a...
0: He did say that and then he also said the. but currently that's not viable and also I'm currently with reform. Yeah, but as I just said, he's obviously not going to say I'm going to bail on reform because otherwise, everyone that's throwing their weight behind reform wouldn't go for reform. But I'll, I'll put it this way: as a political realist, if Farage saw fertile ground to take over the Conservative Party and fold reform in, I wouldn't be surprised if he took it.
3: Yeah, but then he's I just of- flatly disagree with that view, that take. I, I just it would be an it would be an arch, arch betrayal of all the. UKIP, Brexit Party and Reform stuff, it was just, I mean, it might happen. I'm not but saying
0: I'm, it definitely won't happen. That's, but that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, you're saying you flatly disagree with my take. I'm, I'm giving an observation that it could happen. I don't care. either. I'm a results-based man. If Reform took over, cool. I'm not saying I want that, as in like, that's my only goal. I'm saying, I would not be shocked if this is the trajectory of travel, because he sees it as a path of
3: power. Right, oh, yeah, yeah. I would be shocked. <laughs> but we'll see. In the jungle, he kept saying, I just don't know, didn't he? when asked. A few times I see him say, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But anyway. Anyway, I'm not sure if he's, he's obviously a really, really important person and voice in UK politics, but um, it's not the be all and end all. Like If he's your leader, it doesn't mean you definitely win a general election. I mean, but, but if anyway. We're, if,
0: we're, if we're back in a horse, who else is the Caesar figure? I mean, and, and I say this with, with criticism of Farage, I think he's been too tepid on plenty of things. You know, He's criticized our friend Calvin Robinson fairly recently, mm. and he didn't need to. So, but I am saying who else is as prominent a personality to lead a party to victory right now?
3: Yeah, no, fair, fair point. Yeah. Starmer is, look, does look like a rabbit in the headlights a lot, doesn't he? Like, literally. He's winning by default. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Prime Minister Starmer, can you imagine? It's not going to be that different. It's going to be. Going
0: right. to get, yeah. No, no, no. Right. From from the current Conservative Party. I mean, yeah. it's going to be awful. Right. Yeah, oh, You're just going to get a bit more gender madness than usual because there's going to be no backbenchers pushing back on it.
3: Make misogyny a true crime. Um, can you go back to the document where I had my, my, a few of my notes? Maybe a few last little things we could have a, a, a quick talk on where you think maybe the Ukraine and Gaza wars are going. I think Russia's just going to simply out, what well, they've already won, essentially, I think. And I think they're just going to. Ukraine gonna sort of formally formally lose
1: that. Well the appetite to continue what, funding it is. What just does boring. that mean?
3: Well that the Ukraine army stops trying to fight the Russian army,
1: I suppose. And, and just all of the Ukrainian land becomes No a- no,
3: no, all the Donbass, everything to the east of that. Oh,
1: so river. like a seafire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: And Ukraine stopped pretending they might win one day. Well, it's not even that. I just think okay. I just think
0: it'll it'll get to the point where it's just untenable to fund it. So Yeah. Then by default, Ukraine. I can't take back whatever territories they've already ceded.
3: I saw today or yesterday um, that Ukraine was saying Zelensky was saying he might try and conscript half a million more men. Well, you can sort of getting to the bottom of the barrel of your manpower at that point. If if he does another few offensives with them and they fail, there's not there's literally not that many men fighting men left. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Or the Gaza war, I guess that will. I if-
1: Can I make a prediction Yeah, frame one? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's going to yeah. go on for another 10 years. You reckon? I think it would be unbelievably boring. Just a low burn. Be something in the background. Right. Whereas the Gaza one, I mean, that's already kind of over. I mean, they've lost. They've lost the lands, they've lost their tunnels, they're all getting killed. Eh? Right. I don't know what the Israelis want to do with the West Bank. Sorry, not with the West Bank, with the Gaza Strip, but who really cares? Uh, like, are they going to do what they want? Expand into
0: it, redevelop it. There have been suggestions they even want to make it a sort of parallel shipping lane from uh, the Suez Canal so that they have more influence over trade in the region.
1: What does that mean? Because like they used to own the damn thing, tried to do that before, and ended up having to leave because of all the terrorism. It's just like, is this really a population you can integrate? Yeah, but they don't want to integrate them. That's, that's, that's... Putting it... So where do you put them? Because killing them what, all, all is the... not what uh, being successful at. For all the cause of genocide, it's, it's not... Yeah, it's not, I'm, I'm not calling it genocide,
0: but either... I mean so there there has been recent suggestions by the Israeli finance minister and a couple of um, members of the Knesset that the that Europe needs to take refugees from Palestine. So I think they're just betting on either bombing them or shipping them elsewhere. I'm I'm not even making Very a comment luck. on the on the conflict. I'm not picking a yeah, side. Yeah, I know it's what
1: the Israelis would like. No, yeah,
0: no, I'm just I'm just declaring to the audience yeah, we're just it.
1: trying
3: to make predictions of what we think will happen, yeah. It? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. But they seems obviously I think silent. I think
0: it seems To be a fair observation that Israel would rather they didn't have the Gaza Strip and Palestine populated by people that support Hamas and the Palestinian Authority. So if they can remove those people and turn it into a wider stretch of land for Israel, that's, of course, a strategic goal on their part. Mm. Condemnation of that side.
3: It does look like a lot of Gaza City has been reduced to rubble, like a lot of it, a massive percentage of it maybe they just will move the majority of Gazans either into the West Bank or Egypt or anywhere else in the world. And then
1: keep, just occupy what's
3: left. And keep the Gaza Strip, the depopulated Gaza Strip, occupied in perpetuity. I, I don't know. Maybe something like that. I,
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking more, it will become kind of like a they won't be able to get rid of the population they want to get rid of. And it'll become more of like a police state zone that you can go on tourist holidays or something. Like, I can imagine the Israeli government being like, yes, no, we need to make this look normal. to Start advertising. Come to Tel Aviv and Israel. And so it's so like their version of yeah. Dubai? Yeah, but it's, it's like, look how wonderful we're treating people and how we're building the place up. Like, I can see the first year of occupation being that. But I'll go. I'll go and have a look. Uh, Why not?
3: And there's constant soldiers and tanks on the streets of Gaza.
1: Yeah, checkpoints. To yeah. keep
3: it like, under like, strict, strict military occupation every single road of it at all times.
1: I'm going with that. Again,
0: again though, I mean, and again, I'm not, I'm not making possi- a, a moral quite judgment quite on either side. You can see, given the cultural, ethnic, and religious conflicts in the reason, region, how the Israelis would think that would be necessary. Like, were they to take over that portion because they bombed and, and uh, military incursioned people out of the area, if they wanted to resettle it, yeah, they basically have to turn it into a police state because they'd, their occupation would be constantly under threat of islamist retaliation as well so there's never going to be peace in the region but that's that's actually the prediction There will never this will never stop no matter how large scale it continues to go on for there will always be conflict around there
3: yeah yeah no yeah you're right both people's uh claim a, a divine ownership of the same bit of land so yeah it's a very difficult thing to ever resolve um what about a couple of other things then before we round up um One of the things when I was Googling around, looking at sort of predictions, because all sorts of websites and news outlets and all sorts of people, podcasters do what's coming in the following year. A lot of it seemed to revolve around AI. Everyone seemed to have a take on AI or 2024 seems to be looks like it's probably going to be a big year for AI. And now I'm no AI expert, but a lot of people were saying stuff like AI is going to explode and it's going to be just everything starts getting dominated by AI next year
0: in the near future. You're gonna get, I think, a few deep fake scandals ahead of the American 20 Deep fake stuffs, yeah. Yeah. That um, yeah. is getting scarily good. You're gonna get a bunch of creepy AI influencer and porn stories. That's absolutely gonna happen. Right. Okay. As in you're gonna get so the BBC did a documentary, I think it was last year now, of there's a whole enterprise of people like putting the faces of people they know. On explicit materials using deep fakes, right, and okay. so that will be there. There'll be legislation that comes around that, and then people are going to end up debating because there's there's, and then that will drive the technology that gives us like self-created movies and totally novel experiences, and so AI anyway, will just make exponential jumps, and there'll be political implications for it.
3: Yeah, it does seem worrying. Two things I've seen this year, or late this year, which seemed very worrying to me. One was. A deep fake of a fake military thing. I can't remember if it was supposed to be in Ukraine or Gaza, but it was just a deep fake look like it was supposed to look like a, a road crossing that had been blown up or something. And the whole thing was AI generated and it looked just perfectly real. That, for obvious reasons, is worrying. Everyone's got the power to generate that sort of thing. Second thing I saw were um, um, drones, super fast drones. They like whiz around the sky super fast. And uh, you only only small ones like this big, but you know you need, only need like a small bit of um, small charge, like a little bit of plastic explosives the size of a fifty p or something, and it's a it's a, a, a suicide drone. It's a swarm it, attack. It, it just flies into you and blows you up. But it's so fast that it'd be it'd be very 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 difficult, if not impossible, to sort of shoot it out of the sky with a rifle or something. Um, if it was coming at you, you can't really get away from it on a quad bike or a motorbike or something. It's so fast. Um. That seems extremely worrying to me that the future of all war or even police enforcement is just that. Just like a
1: drone conflict. The proper dreadnought effect. Super fast. Like Whoever's got the most drones now just wins. Yeah. And we need to figure out anti-drone technology and build more drones. Yeah,
3: there needs to be an arms race with anti-drone technology. Right. Yeah. We need more anti-drone weapons. Well, essentially, to prevent
0: terror attacks, you're going to have to start putting like micro-iron domes on the top of every building in London. That's a great place to live in like you thought the concrete bollards to stop trucks of peace weren't bad enough
3: can, can you ban super fast suicide drones not if they're coming in from iran or no right I'm joking. exactly yeah it's like banning dum-dum bullets or banning a flamethrower or banning increasingly large battleships or something you can't really do it right you can't once the gene is like out of the built, bottle, you
1: built the dreadnought yeah you can't unbuild it and hope that no one builds one yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, the genie's out of the bottle, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. So AI and sort of drone technology seem to be a bit of a, a worry in the near future. Um, well, there's lots of other things we could talk about, I suppose, but um maybe it's time for comments and video comments. But um one last thing: Do you think they'll draw up a new fake pandemic next year? A few people were saying that that's sort of on the horizon. That people in the know seem to say that the the super elites, whoever they are, are planning another pandemic for us. Well, I haven't.
0: So I haven't been through the testimony that happened the other day yet. Um, in there was a commons debate on whether or not the UK is going to sign up to a WHO treaty that allows them to unilaterally impose measures like lockdowns and vaccine passports on us. And I think that got shot down, actually, thanks to Danny Kruger and Andrew Bridgen and the like. So well done. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were something I don't think you necessarily get away with it to the scale of covid again perhaps that's my naivety but a, a certain contingent of people you know now what shows like ours there's a critical consciousness that was raised out of that and i think there will be some non-compliance but are they going to try and introduce international vaccine passports and stuff like that yeah of course so. yeah so I guess you're gonna have to strike places off my travel list fun
3: yeah yeah i shan't take a vaccine or wear a mask or queue up outside tesco's or anything again i just won't it's as simple as that yeah. Okay, well, there you go. With that, onto the video comments.
0: So, as a fellow person of size who eats dinosaur ribeyes and pterodactyl wings, I have to say I fully support the fat struggle against the airlines. This is a terrible industry. They overbook all their flights. They actively hate their customers. You wouldn't treat your customers the way they treat you if they do. I fly frequently. This is a pa- a problem. So. Fat power. I think this is an American phenomenon as well, because you guys fly a lot more for a lot cheaper. We don't, we don't fly internally in our country. Yeah, right. really, yeah. Maybe occasionally you might go from like the south of England to Scotland. Yeah, it's,
3: I it's once flew to train. Edinburgh, but that's, you just you usually don't do it yeah. you? You can fly around Europe, for way cheaper
0: than you can in the US. i was saying the UK. As in, like, we don't fly as frequently as the Americans.
1: The Americans no, but we fly around Europe. Like, we go on holidays. You days. should
0: be very, yeah, but very, okay, let's put this way. Most people have fewer foreign holidays to Europe a year than an American will fly to visit people out of state.
1: So, Maybe. so Maybe the, rich. the
0: problems with their airlines being basically buses in the sky compounds.
1: I was kind that of find a bit the...
3: that Carl did the other day. Was it? Is he responded. That was to with it?
1: Esther, yeah, about the so, fat airline seats. So, they're, they're getting double for being fat, which I never got the, the whole overbooking airline seats thing. Like it's, I've never had that experience, and it's my number one fear whenever I get on a plane. I'm not even sure if it's legal in the rest of the world. Like I know the Americans do it, and then you can get on and they're like, "Oh, we'll give you 300 bucks and not get on the flight." I'm like, I oh. did book it for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they've got to drag someone off.
0: I do wonder if it is genuinely a weight limit though, as well as just fitting in the seat and not smothering someone to death. But I don't know but what fat the... people have got to be on the top then. Surely,
1: like we've <laughs> overbooked the flight. The lady taking up two seats, she's going first. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, we got a riot. I saw
3: someone. I think maybe it was Viva Fryer. Anyway, one of the YouTube legal. If you kick up enough stink, they they're like they have to give you a decent amount of money, not fob you off with a few hundred dollars. Mm. Uh, but most people don't know that, or or haven't got the nouse to sort of kick up a big enough stink. But I think you you are entitled to a bunch of money if they ever do that to you. But yeah, I see both sides of it. Obviously, the airlines are complete dicks for making their seats really tiny, but then. Don't be as wired as a normal human being, though, also.
1: A wider than a normal human
3: being. Yeah, much wider than a normal human being. Don't don't be, like, this wired. It's not good for you. Don't do it. Yeah, you've, you've got a problem.
0: It's not very fat-affirming of you, Bo. Um, right, next one, then. Afternoon. Oh. Soon, Lotus Uh Not going to make it to the gold-tier Zoom this week uh, because we're heading to pasture for our annual steak Christmas dinner. Uh, so wanted to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and uh, looking forward to seeing you all in the new year. Wonderful. Thank you very much. That was very wholesome. Enjoy yeah. your steak. I've got a bit of beef for uh, Christmas this year as well. So that's good. <laughs> Here's a bit of a bit of trivia for everyone watching that I learned at Ark. Uh, Jordan Peterson and his wife, every time they go to a new hotel, because they only eat beef and salt, they buy a new air fryer, make steak in the hotel room and leave the air fryer there.
1: Now, when you make that much. Yeah, right, yeah. she think it's mad, but yeah. There you go. Here's an GF, right, for every uh, woman who's cleaning up though. So
3: hmm. Good point. It's a bit weird, but gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. That's what it feels like you've got to do. It's nice to know we've got a few Welsh uh fans. I'm sort of a to Welsh myself, so a soft spot for the Welsh. All right, on to the next one. I have to say, I am
1: very disappointed
0: in the AI girlfriend market. What strikes me is the sheer lack of quality they have in their models. Honestly, if you're going to be losing your sanity to something, at least have it look presentable. Let's take a look at my personal work here. We
1: have the Office Lady, the Office Lady after hours, the furry, and of course, for the more traditionally minded of you, the Battle nun. Because who doesn't love that. Who let this video comment through? He's right, though. And uh, he's, he's actually preempted something that does already exist. So the, the AI girlfriend thing, there is just that one that looks like Pixar. But there are loads that already are just basically just like porn AI gear, GF, ugh, GFs. But yeah, no, I, I still don't support the idea. I still think it's cringe and something that should be bullied.
0: It's a demon. Don't talk to it. Yeah, it's, it's my super advice. Super
3: sad. It's,
1: yeah, meet it, some real
3: people. Yeah, please. it's
0: literally a siphon for male potential. Like yeah.
3: it's, it's actually stealing it. your soul. Oh yeah. Hopefully that was completely ironic. I don't yeah, know. of course <laughs> okay, it right.
4: was. I just want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. I don't think anyone here is under any illusion that the next year is going to be easy for anybody. But I also means anybody so this really is the time to just reach out to those around you and be there because whether we like it or not we're all in this together as human on this planet it's going to be hard for everyone to just be there for each other and remember to laugh at least next year is going to be ridiculous and they want us to be depressed and but keep laughing keep having a good time a very merry christmas and i hope everybody in the chat finds a real-life girlfriend in
1: the
0: new year. <laughs> that was a wholesome message, at least. Thank yeah. you, Sophie.
1: Much appreciated. Ah. Huh? Ah. It just means thank you.
0: Oh, right. Okay, I thought you were swearing at me. No. Right, wonderful. <laughs> Wouldn't blame you. All right, to the written comments. We also have a super chat from the Shadow Band. Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night for $150. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Texas gal. $150. Bucks. Yeah,
3: not bad. Yeah, not bad at all.
0: Uh, I expect that in my Christmas card. Just got on the road for a six-hour drive from Southwest Texas to Far West Texas, so I'm glad for the company for a bit. Merry Christmas and a blessed new year to y'all. Americans drive for a really strange distance. I just, your country is a continent. What are you doing?
3: Well, like you said, where they have to actually fly places. Yeah. We're just not, we're just not used to vast distances. I drove across America. once, Well, not all the way across, but from um, Kansas out to the West Coast. Yeah, it's just sort of, it seems endless. You're in an ocean of land. Mm. Um, we're just not used to it, are we?
0: No. I, I, ha- <laughs> I hate half-hour train journeys. Um, someone's asking, did we fix the last lads hour? Yes, we have, so you can go and watch that if you've missed it. Yesterday, there was an issue with the video player, apparently. Uh, Droom Doohand, Merry Christmas, Lotus Eaters. Thank you very much. Appreciate the all caps. And LaFrench, Merry Christmas to, f- for, to you all, and especially to Callum's beard. I mean, half of it has been gone, but I'm sure he'll regrow it in the new year.
1: Yeah, I found out, it turns out, those Muslim guys, they, that Mohammed guy was way worse than they said. So I thought, okay, I gotta leave Islamism. This isn't working. <laughs> so <laughs> It's like a normal Macdonald bit. <laughs> Don't forget to take
0: time off and hang out with the family. I'll see you next year. Cheers. Yeah, I do need quite the break. Um, do you want to do your comments?
1: Sure. So on the TGB Grey problem, question. Uh, Theodore says, Vixol just come up with a bunch of rules for flag design, which sound good in principle. But then you see them apply to actually good, iconic flags and realize they're a load of bollocks. But vexologists go around acting like these rules have been made up, officially dictated by learned scholars, and objectively prove these iconic flags are actually terrible. Look up the flag of Venice, for example. It breaks every single one of the damn rules, but it's an awesome flag. And he's posted a picture there, or Pete has, which proves it. Which is, um, yeah, the flag of Venice is epic and timeless. Theodore says the Florida state flag is the best of America's flags. It's kind of true. You ever looked at it? It's you being born in Florida. Because you, you got the cross and the circle. And in the circle, it's you coming through. Bit weird. But <laughs> it's good. Arizona Desert Rat says the US may have city flags, but Europe has uh, coats of arms. I don't see much difference. Yeah. And there are some terrible coats of arms as well. Don't get me wrong. So what's that? What's Burko's, which is the funniest? He put the rainbow flag in his coat oh, of arms and then wrote a quality for all on it. It's just like. He think. did. He did that. John Burko, fucking speaker. It was just so boring. It was like, bro, you, you went for your family coat of arms and went for progressive politics yeah. uh, of all the missed opportunities you could spend with my, your life.
0: My family coat of arms. Now, here's a flag indicating I'm a genetic dead end that won't reproduce.
1: Well, it's, so, more, it's less than that. It's, it's like you don't get to do that for no reason. Of course, you can go home and do your own. He got that special privilege that will timelessly be put in the House of uh, Parliament because he was a speaker and just wastes it on a pointless political message.
3: I once did an article called What Burko Did. I think that's what I titled it. So there's an article on the website. I'm pretty sure it's uh, not a premium, um, where I list why he's disgraced. Because we can now call him a, like, a disgraced ex-speaker. Yeah. Uh, like a formal inquiry called him a bully and stuff. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a total scumbag. Mm. Deranged diminutive. Yeah, well. it's out of his mind.
1: Cameron says he loves CGP Grace. Be careful. Me too. But uh, the man must pay. Uh, Omar Awad says, given the number of autists turned trans, I wouldn't rule out the Vixology community being taken over. Oh, that's a little bit spicy. <laughs> I, would, I would avoid reading that I'm not going to say that, but that's funny, Omar. Don't get me wrong. I also despise the corporate inclination to every logo, uh, smooth and simple. Anything designed by committee is cancer. You know, there's a lot of people making fun of Vixologists by applying their rules to company logos. And they just they become worse every time. Andrew Narok says, Oh, hey, it's Minnesota in the international news again. At least this time, it's also needless, stupid drama over changing the flag rather than the continuing spike in crime. That said, Merry Christmas to everyone. And at the Lotus Cedars, praying for all to have a wonderful holiday season. There we are. And uh, Andrew Narok says, In regards to the Somali conspiracy, I'd imagine it's less that they think the Somalis designed the flag and more that they're virtue signaling to the Somali population. Um, that doesn't seem to be true, though. Like, the, the, the dude in question seems like a vexologist leftist, which, like, they're, they're plenty able to be retarded without <laughs> having to need a virtue <laughs> signal to the Somalis that we love.
0: Uh, okay, so Callum didn't get time to do the calculation, so, and he's done it here, UK minimum wage from April 2024 will be £11.44. Take someone working full-time, 37 and a half hours a week, and they are making £429 a week. That's £22,308 pounds for 52 weeks of full salaried employment for a year. So the 29K threshold for importing someone from abroad is £6,692 pounds more than minimum wage. Clearly not a high skill position. Thank you, Rishi Sunak. Kevin Fox, Labour voted against the Rwanda plan because Rwanda is not safe. Why, then, is a Labour Party member organizing school trips for kids to Rwanda? Sam Rushworth is standing for the post MP of Bishop Auckland. Oh, that's um, Hannah Davidson's position that she just stood down from as well. So they're definitely going to get that. While running a company offering 2K paradise trips for kids to a place that's unsafe for illegal migrants. Never ask questions. It's just about hypocrisy. Not about hypocrisy. It's about hierarchy. Sophie, I said it in the comment section of Connor's Lice's interview. We're selling the soul of our nation in exchange for stuff. It's horrible and will always be a mistake. The soul is eternal as long as you take care of it. Stuff runs out. Never trade the soul for stuff. What makes it even worse is that the English people didn't choose it. This is just evil that's forced upon them. Very much so. Uh, Do you want
3: to do a couple from yours? Okay. Focus on the idea said, I'd love to watch the Lotus Eaters following the election results of either the UK or US elections, it would be far more interesting commentary than any other news outlet. I think
0: we could probably arrange that, and we've got large enough of a guest book that we could, if we're doing a long live stream, bring people on. Yeah.
1: And we're already going to. So last election, we just didn't build the studio fast enough in time yeah. for it, so we ended up doing it over the internet. Um, so yeah, this has been in the waiting for four years. So
3: yeah, Like I say, um, we just need to get one of the production people to sort give up their whole night. <laughs>
1: You well know, you, know, you know you pay john to do anything
3: so i will right, but i would i would be doing it anyway yeah john so. fancy building this new railroad <laughs>
1: I, f- I mean if you pay him
3: <laughs> yeah, actually there's only we can only <laughs> only get a maximum of five seats i think josh i'm pretty sure i've mentioned it in passing at least to josh and josh said he'd be up for it or he quite often stays up all night anyway um yeah i'm not sure if if the big man himself, if Mr. Benjamin. Carl you know,
0: will absolutely do it. I mean, he usually does it, doesn't he? From...
3: Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if he would. Yeah. I just don't we could know just rotate people out. Sign off on it or whatever. But um, yeah, or actually yeah, do a couple that. Hour right? shifts, That's yeah. actually better. Yeah. yeah. If you can do
0: yeah, a bit of a shift. I'm like not being funny. I-, I Shift deal, yo. I live about three hours from here and I'm not going to do a full eight hours and then come into work the next day. Right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Do <laughs> the last couple and then. Uh... Okay. Uh, JJHW said, My predictions for 2024 is that comedians will become extinct as Western governments become the source of all comedy on Earth. GPT5 will replace all HR departments and most middle managers, making everyone happy until the economic collapse. Merry Christmas and a wonderful new year.
0: That's probably the best one to finish on then, actually. All right, well, thank you very much. We've got a gold-tier Zoom call in just under half an hour, so if you want a gold-tier member already, um, do quickly subscribe and get in the queue. I suppose. Link's gonna be on the website. If you're listening to this in the future, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, both from Bo, Callum, and myself. We will be back on Monday, on Christmas Day, at one o'clock with a pre recorded podcast to keep you company. So if your family are boring, you know. <laughs> listen to us instead. Until then, take care. Goodbye.